Well, hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of On Grace. In honor of the first day of the NBA season, I'm sitting across the desk from Jordan and Pippen, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, who ripped the heart. <laughs> who are both both retired and oh, they're <laughs> but they could still ball. Yeah, I bet they can. <laughs> and they're all so millionaires, and we are not. <laughs> But rich in oh, by all means, we're billionaires the other way. That's right. right, that's right, right. Their treasure is here on earth, whereas your all's treasure is in heaven. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> have you seen that bumper sticker like people put on um, if they have like a rundown car? You know, don't don't yeah, let the car fool right. you. My, my treasure is in heaven. <laughs> right? Yeah. You guys can maybe wear a shirt. <laughs> that's rough baby i'm sorry (laughs) don't let the wheelchair fool you (laughs) give me some more geritol (laughs) oh i'm wendell that was jb yes i'm jason yeah and this is wendell and this is my good buddy wayne hello this is wayne and we um we're going to talk today kind of uh step out on the limb as far as we can i think about uh what God expects of us. Um, and it's kind of came up as we were thinking about Peter and Jesus talking on the beach after Jesus has been crucified and resurrected, has appeared to Peter, and after Peter has denied him three times. And the three questions he asked him over and over is, do you love me? And I think from what the story of Peter has been of uh, is that they both know that Peter does love him, that yeah, he messed up, but you know, even in the upper room, Jesus knew that he was going to mess up, but he also knew that Peter loved him. And so the, the import of what they're talking about here on the beach is not a rebuke, not he never asked Peter, are you going to do better or will you try harder? He just reminds Peter that you love me, and that's what I ask. If you love me, you can feed my sheep, tend my lambs, if you can teach them to do that, that's all I ask. And so it kind of, you know, uh, this idea that we can love Jesus and allow that to direct our lives without a list of rules uh, or guidelines even about what that looks like, that that, that love of for Jesus. Um, and I think what goes with it, is this that Peter was convinced that Jesus loved him too? Yeah. Well, he ran. He ran. He jumped out of the boat. And ran. You know. Right. Yeah. It's he. It wasn't like you don't run to get a whooping. Right. He run to get a hug. Yeah. And and he yeah. yeah. Uh, there's another part of this. Um, Wayne didn't say this, but he actually preached uh, a sermon on this uh, last Sunday at the Greenwood campus. It was it was pretty powerful. Uh, and of course, in a sermon, you can only include part of the story. You can't in- do all the little details. But uh, he and I had talked about it some prior to last Sunday. And what I find is interesting is that um, this story doesn't appear in Matthew or Mark or Luke, only in John. It's the only one that includes it. And it makes you wonder what why John did that. And And Wayne did point out in the sermon Sunday that the story of the beach uh, reconciliation or whatever you want to call it is almost like a 
a PS to the gospel, that the gospel logically ends prior to that. But it's, it's 20. Yeah, yeah. And and so it, it, it that even begs the it makes the louder question why did why was John the one to include this and nobody else did and why does it almost seem like an afterthought or a tack on at the end and and the only apostle that we know maybe other ones knew but the only one who reveals it that uh, that, that God well he identifies himself as the one Jesus loved that's how John identifies right. himself yeah. and. And none of the other ones took on that. That's not to say they didn't know it, but they didn't own it enough to declare it. And he declared it several times. And even at the Last Supper, he's the one who's leaning, physically leaning against Jesus. And so when Jesus is having this conversation with Peter, John is tagging along, eavesdropping on the conversation. And it makes you think, what's going on here? And my imagination kind of goes wild in that John is like, I've dealt with these other 11 guys. Now one of them's gone. We're down. It's me and, and 10. And I know what this love thing looks like, and I know how it works. I wonder if Peter's about to get it. Yeah. I wonder if he's about, you know. Right. So he's tagging along and eavesdropping, thinking, oh, boy, I hope he. Because Peter is the overachiever. Right. Peter is the, I want to get extra creds. I'll yeah. walk on the water. Right. I'll whack the ear off with a sword. Yeah. I'll, you know. Right. And and John is like, no, that's really good, but this is a deeper yeah. thing that I've found. Yeah, so. I think that if you follow the story out, just kind of what you're talking about, you know, if you look at Peter's life after that, you know, he's filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, but what he begins to do is he talks about Jesus. And, you know, on the steps there he says, you know, I don't have silver and gold, but I've got something really yeah, cool yeah. that you can have, and it's it's Jesus. Yeah. Because he kind of, I think he kind of gets that idea from that point on, that that there's a security in this this idea that Jesus loves us, and he all he asks us of, of us is to love him in return, and and then you know the big a big part of Acts is when God challenges the disciples to love the Gentiles, and yeah. Peter is the point person on that, maybe yeah. because he got this idea that he was loved. Yeah, he denied. He, you know, he failed, but Jesus recognized his love in him, and so he chooses Peter to be the the point person on going to the Gentiles to 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 say, you know, this God who loves me loves you too. Yeah, not based on gifts and abilities, right? But based on openness. Yeah. To run wild with love. Yeah. I am going to go ahead and love on a person who my whole upbringing has told me not to even talk to. Right. And I'm going to go love on them. Yeah. And instantly it says the spirit fell. Right. You know. Yeah. It it so he it wasn't about correct doctrine or right. Yeah, because that would have been terrible doctrine for him. Yeah. I mean, it was the opposite of all the guidelines and rules that he had grown up with. Right. But knowing that Jesus loved him and loving Jesus moved him to step out of that into this daring, risky uh, relationship with Cornelius and then with, you know, all the rest. And, you know, he still struggled with it, and Paul had to help him come along with that. Um, but I think he, he was, be, and like I guess all of us, we struggle with really understanding and trusting love, uh, and he did. But, but he was, like I think, like you said, he was beginning to get it, and God relentlessly 
over and over gives him the opportunity to uh, experience and to express what that love looks like, how deep it is. Do you think he'd be able to do that without having experienced uh, his own failure, like come to terms with his own? Well, it's kind of, that's, John didn't seem to. Hmm. John got it. And you have to wonder why. Why did he get it with seemingly no fanfare or or, right. or falling flat on his face? Right. But Peter had to fall on his face. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, maybe it's God will do whatever it takes for each individual to come to the place where they can experience His love. Some of us need that failure, that sense of not deserving it, and then and then receiving it. And some of us. You know, for whatever reason, background or genetics, however, you know, uh, are more open to that possibility that we are loved. Some ki- some kids are cuddly and some aren't. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <You know? Yep. laughs> so, yeah. Some have to really go to great lengths before they realize they need a mom or a dad hug. Yeah. I don't, you yeah, know. I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, and we say this all the time, but we say it because... I think it, we have to know that God loves us. Yeah, we have to believe that. Yeah, and and then, uh, and you know, the Bible tells us why do we love God? Because He loved us first. We can't love Him until we know that He loved us first. And right. once that, ha- go ahead. Sorry, what do you what do you say to somebody who, listening to this, or as you said that to them, as their pastor, they disagree. They do not believe you for whatever reason. They don't believe that God loves them. Yeah. Um, I I say, well, if you will be open to the possibility and see what happens. I believe that God, you know, I don't think the answer, I don't think there's a, a logical or a reasonable answer. I believe that God, you know, we, we have to trust that God really does love them and that he will um, not necessarily do some sensational miracle, but he will find a crack in their life to draw them, uh, and that he will, you know, and, um, and so that's what I do. That's, you know, I try not to be God's PR man and, and make sure he looks good and, you know, that he, he shows up when I want him to, and he does what I think he should in their life. But I do believe that, that as I have to believe that God is at work in every person all the time. And that when people open themselves to the possibility that God will find a way, it's kind of mystical and cheesy, but I think, there's, I I th- think it's cheesy. There's a, there's a practical way that I try to do that, so, that works with some people and some people it doesn't. But as long as I'm focusing on my lack of lovability, I'm. if you only knew what I did, if you only knew what I was really like inside, if you only knew my attitudes, my dark places, blah, 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 blah. And, and this is my focus. My focus is on my loathsomeness, you know. Um, then it's yeah, God couldn't love this. But when I when I turn my focus from my lack of lovability and turn it here's a play on words, and turn it toward God's ability to love, and, and just begin to explore that. You said like explore the possibilities. Mm-hmm. Well, don't don't concentrate on well maybe He could love this about me, or maybe He right. could love that about me. But instead say what kind of God is it we're dealing with here, and what is His track record with other people. And what do we catch him doing in the story of Scripture? When I catch him being God, 
here and there throughout the scriptural story. What does that look like, yeah. especially in Jesus? Right. And you and you think, wow, this is just instinct to him. It's almost like he can't help himself, which yeah. I know he can. But yeah, go ahead. Well, John, you know, in his letter, he says God is love. That's just who he is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a struggle, and that's not a concept, right? That, yeah, we we've made it a concept. It's not a concept; it's a reality. Mm-hmm. Any time you bump into him, any time you pressure him, any time you disappoint him, any time you betray him, neglect him, whatever, whatever button you push in him, it's the same answer yeah. every time, yeah. practically speaking. Yeah, and and it, 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 I defy anybody to find any place especially in the New Testament where they really kind of understood what they were writing about. Sometimes in the Old Testament, I'm not sure. But in the New Testament where they understood where they were writing, defy anybody to find a time where God's response was not that of love. Yeah. It was just, it was always love. Yeah, and I've said this before, I say, you know, so whatever. Um, the great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. And the reason he asked us to do that is because that's how he loves us. Yeah. With all his heart, yeah. all his mind, all his soul, and yeah. all his strength. Uh, and so every time we bump up against him, that's what comes out. That's who he is. And you can talk about wisdom and power and holiness and all those things, but all of those are expressions of love, not different from it. Yeah. Well, the... Um, <laughs> Shameless plug for a sermon I'm going to preach for Wayne here in a couple of weeks. <laughs> but uh, the assignment is to preach on the passage in Acts chapter 2 where they pooled their resources. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and broke bread, and they pooled their resources and gave to those in need. And the, and the thing I'm realizing in looking at that passage is this was not an initiative or a strategy that they came up with. This was a response to right. the visitation right. of the Spirit yeah. and the truth that Peter spoke. They were responding yeah. to that. Right. And so our place is not to manufacture love or not to exactly. manufacture truth that's or whatever. Good. It's yeah. to respond right. to the love that's given to us. Right. Yeah. It, it you know, that's where that's where yeah. the power comes in. That's that's really good. And and what's interesting is that Luke describes the Holy Spirit as coming in power. Uh wind, fire you know, just mm-hmm. power. Their response to that was not power. Their response was love and generosity. So, which says to me, the power that was poured out must have been some sort of unbelievable love that they right. felt. Yeah. You know, they don't read it. I mean, they did miracles, but that's not what the thing that is at the forefront. The forefront is the relationships yes. that come out of it, the way they related yes. to each other and cared yeah. for one another. Uh, and the miracles are sprinkled in there. But when we think of power, we tend to think of miracles. either power to do miracles yeah, yeah, yeah. or power to fix my life, to make me holy. But yeah. there's none of that in that. It's a power no. for those for being generous yeah. and being gracious and stepping over barriers and boundaries in order to take the gospel to and the love of God yeah. to the next person. Thanks for being a part of this episode of On Grace. My name is Jason Brown. I've been hanging out with Wendell Van Valen and Wayne Hunter.